0: 1 Samuel chapter 30, and um, let me acknowledge the Duncans that are here. Pastor, it's good to have you, the principal of the Wasilla Christian School, and, and uh, they've got a table out front. We're supporting them and so thankful for your sacrifice and serving our community, believing for God to touch our community, especially in the area of education. I, it's 1 Samuel 30. Turn there, please the battle that's on is for the people's minds is for is for thoughts that's the battle that's on and if you can if you can get people to think a certain way then you can begin to cause a culture to turn and there has been a great turning in the minds of people so much so that they would consider what the lord calls an abomination they'll call it just perfectly fine. And when you begin to throw out the word of God and move it out of move the 10 commandments out of capital rotundas and out of homes and out of the 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 centerpiece of our western culture and begin to have laws that are founded on what people think is right, as opposed to what is right based upon the Word of God, then that culture will soon go on into what the Bible calls as judgment. I preached a message not long ago on understanding why America is going to come under judgment. And it's not too late for America, although you don't read about America in end-time eschatology, I believe we're headed for the greatest revival ever, and, and and you've got a purpose set in your own heart. Revival starts in your home. Don't look for it to come from the White House. Don't look for it to start in your house. You want revival? Put a circle around you, around yourself, and begin to have one. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Get on fire. Get your own idols out of your own house. Amen. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Learn. God has a prescribed way of living for him. He says in his word, if you love me, you will obey my word. His, he has a prescribed way of loving him. My family used to say, oh, well, we loved God. No, my family didn't love God. Hence, all the things that took place in my family were not that which took place. I mean, when I was growing up, that not that which happens in a home that loved God. Right. Although they said with their mouth, we love God, and went to church occasionally... There was no love of God in the home. And it's only because of their own lack of discipleship. And praise God, we can change that. I've changed it in my home. You can change it in yours. Right, don't raise your hand if you come from a dysfunctional family, but I mean, welcome to the human race. And so you have to, you know, you got to change and believe. So I'm so thankful for Wasilla Christian School, and I'm thankful for those of you that are discipling your kids. And you got to disciple your children. If you don't disciple, don't look for a school to disciple your kids. You've got to disciple them, but thank God for godly schools, and may may there be a sweeping move of the power of the Holy Spirit in every single school across Alaska, across America from sea to shining sea that America would once again be made great by by a revival, by a reformation. May that take place. May there be a revelation that releases even a spiritual revolution in our land from the White House to every house for the power of God to come. Come on, God has done things like that before in the history of our country. I'm a patriot. Any patriots out there. I'm believing for God to touch our country. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Now let's get into the word. First Samuel chapter 30. We're going to read verses one through eight. Love this passage of scripture. And uh, verse 16 to 20. New King James, are you all there? Good. If you don't have notes, slip your hand up. They'll bring that to you. Let's read the word of the Lord. First Samuel chapter thirty verse one. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Now we're reading this and we know from that paragraph that those first two verses that nobody's dead. But I'll just tell you, David, as he's about to return in these next verses, doesn't know that anybody's not dead. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city. There it was, burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelitis, and Abigail the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. you think? <laughs> greatly. His house is burned. His family's gone. Greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want you to say that, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, that is the Lord, answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. I want you to say that with me. Pursue, recover, pursue, pardon me, pursue, overtake, recover all. Say it again. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Let's say it again. Pursue. Overtake, recover all. That's good for now. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Give us living understanding, release all that's in your heart, Lord, this evening as we're gathered here, your people, purchased by your blood. Thank you, Lord, for the worship. Thank you for all that's taken place. God, now speak to our hearts. Open our hearts, open our ears, ears to hear, and a heart to respond. It would not just be a lecture. We would learn, yes, we would study and and grow in the knowledge of God and your ways. But there would be a release of faith and impartation right now for each and every one of us in the moments that remain in this service. Release, again, all that's in your heart towards us, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We've all lost things. Some of us have lost things because of theft. I hate that. I don't know if you've ever been ripped off, but I've been ripped off before. I've been rolled, as they say, in the city. I've been scammed. Anybody else? You've been scammed before? I've been scammed. Some of the things have happened because of the lost things, because of my own mistakes, because of my own foolishness, because of poor decisions, poor planning, poor stewardship. I've misplaced things, as my wife could tell you. I fast. When I'm fasting, I have a tendency to lose stuff, like everything. Wallets, keys, nothing's safe if I'm fasting. Anybody ever misplaced things? It's difficult to lose things. This text tells us of a, a traumatic moment of loss in David's life. David is a man after God's own heart," the text says. And when you study the life of David, which I have uh, been a student of his life, it's just so, his life is encouraging to me. In the Old Testament, he's probably one of my favorite historical figures. David, the shepherd boy, the ruddy, sweet psalmist, the only one called the psalmist, sweet psalmist of Israel. And as I've studied his life, it's encouraging to me because... Some of the things that he does, I, I found that I've done some of those also. Some of those foolish mistakes. And you know, he runs from Saul and he doesn't know where to go. So he runs to the priests to look for a weapon. And he lies to the high priest. David, what are you doing? David's like, oh yeah, you know, Saul, my father-in-law, he sent me on a journey very quickly, very hastily. Had to send me out because he had no entourage he had no nobody traveling with him and he had no weapons it's very unusual for for one of the princes if you will to travel with no entourage no weapons nothing he shows up he lies straight bold face lies to the pastor yeah and then he says oh um do you have any weapons and uh yeah we just have this one this sword of goliath pretty famous you remember <laughs> yeah he, he's the one that got the sword it was like a trophy you know and they gave him the sword of Goliath. From, from where was Goliath? From Gath. So he gets the sword and he eats the show bread. And, and he runs off to, to where? Where does he go from there? Brilliant strategic move. Gath. So he goes to Gath with this monster sword. Hey guys, what's up? That's where the sword is made. The 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 sword of Goliath is made in Gath, and he shows up at Gath with the big old sword, walking into town. Hey, and they're like, uh, "It's Philistine country," and they're like, oh, "That's Goliath's sword." Like, who's this guy? It's David, and he straight lies to them. A man after God's own heart. This is the man after God's own heart. Okay, so we like to think of him as perfect. He's uh, he is far from perfect. And by the way, because of his lying, all the priests there were murdered. Murdered, 80-something of them, except one. And the one priest that that survives is this guy right here. His name is Abathar. And Abathar has this ephod, David. David goes from pillar to post, running for his life, trying to figure it out. He's been anointed as the next king of Israel. And then he spanks, he spends decades basically, decades running around from the insane demonized Saul who yielded to the pressure of the people and lost the anointing, lost the presence, lost the enablement to rule and lead. And God had rejected him. And God chose David. And so David is now coming back after being at war. The Philistines kick him out. And he returns to this place here in 1 Samuel 30, a place called Ziklag. Now understand this, what happens here in this text is three days before he's, before he's coronated king. Three days from when this happens, he's made the king of Judah. And then after all of Jerusalem, three days Wow. A traumatic time in the life of David. Let me read this to you. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1. These are the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was banished there in the presence of Saul, the son of Kish. Among them were warriors who helped him in battle. They were armed with bows. They were able to shoot arrows and sling stones, right-handed or left-handed. They were the kinsmen of Saul and the tribe of Benjamin. Wow. Verse 8 of 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Some Gadites defected to David at his stronghold in the desert. And they were brave warriors, ready for battle and able to handle the shield and spear. Their faces were the faces of lions. Woo, that's kind of intense. And they were swift as gazelles in the mountains. Day after day, verse 22, day after day, men came to help David until he had a great army like the army of God. That is an amazing section of Scripture. So you have all of these people coming to David, even becoming like God has an army. I mean, like the army of God. God has an army. I want you to know that God has an army. Our sister that was talking about being held by an angel as she coded in the hospital as she died. And they brought her back. She talked about that angel. She said in the full testimony, which we're probably going to end up videoing, because it's just powerful and it's biblical, all of it. So we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. So she testifies about what happened. She talked about how she heard in the distance the war. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I've heard that like the sound of war over my head. There is a battle that we're in. Not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places. Praise God we already won. Come on, somebody say amen. God has an army. And in the text there in 1 Chronicles 12, verse 22, these men came to him until his army was like, similar to the army of God. So we're talking a pretty bad band of brothers that have come together. And Ziklag was this city. It was like his training center. You know, we just had some horrible fires, and we had some dear dear people in the congregation that lost homes from Willow. I mean, I I don't know what it's like to have a house fire. I don't know what it's like to lose everything. Praise God they didn't lose any of their lives. Amen. Praise God for insurance. Hallelujah. But I can't imagine what it would become to come back to your home where your family is, where your kids are, and everything's burned to the ground. A very discouraging moment. And he has this promise from the prophet. The promise from the prophet is you're the next king of Israel. So he has this promise. Yeah, now everything's smoked. I mean, what about the promise? There are moments of discouragement that come when you're on the way to fulfillment. Like I said, three days before he's coronated, this happens. Wow. And what David did in the midst of his loss is profound. And it's principles that we can apply to our lives for when we go through loss, when we go through things we don't understand. If you'll apply the very principles that are taught here in this text, you'll be able to get victory in your life. And the first one, as, as David did, David found strength. Look at verse 6, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Not only lose everything, now they want to kill him. People always want to blame somebody. And granted, he wasn't the most righteous leader. You need to understand that. See, really, really what he was doing is he was on raiding parties, doing the raiding the Amalekites. He'd come back to the Philistines and they'd be like, David, where are you at? Oh, I was just cruising through Israel, you know, taking care of business. He's lying. And Really, what he was doing, he wasn't, he wasn't stealing from Israel, he wasn't on raiding parties in Judah, he was raiding parties of the raiding the Amalekites, is who he's raiding. Do you understand that? So when he comes back to Ziklag, the Amalekites just served him up what he'd been serving. So when the, when the, when the, the men found not only their wives, or children are gone, <laughs> which is discouraging. Verse 6, they want to kill him. They want to stone him. They were very grieved. My goodness. They wept until they had no more strength, as it says there in the text. Does anybody know what that's like? I know what that's like. I, I had lunch with a very dear couple that visited us this morning, and they're, they're close friends with the Reynolds who are uh, on our staff and have been for 25 years and pastoring our works in, in Oregon. And we went out and we had lunch at Evangelos, and they began to tell us about their 7-year-old child that was killed. And still now, how many years, is 40 plus years later, talking about the death of their seven-year-old, their eyes fill up with tears, and they said, you know, we've gotten through it, and God's turned it for good, but still, when we talk about it, and their lips quivered, and they said, we'll see our seven-year-old again, we'll see her later. They talked about what a miraculous life she had. And that's a great loss when you lose a child. When you, that's more than your pocket watch. It's more than your wallet. It's, it's the, the, the thing that would hurt the most, I, I would think. It certainly has for me and my wife. And so not only the loss of their wives and children, and again, they don't know that they're not dead. The men want to kill him. So this a pretty brutal situation. What did David do? David didn't whine and cry. Well, he cried, I'm sure. But he didn't throw himself in a, in a pit of despair. He didn't yell at God, why? That is one of the most normal things that we have all done, I think. God, why? Why has this happened to me? Why has this happened? Don't you love me, God? Why has this happened? That is not what he does. Somehow he's settled the fact that God loves him, and he asked God what? Everybody say what. What? But he found strength in the Lord first. There verse 6. He found strength in the Lord his God. That shepherd boy had found strength when he took the, the lion by the beard, and took the bear. He found strength in the Lord. You have to learn how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. If you don't know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord, brother, sister, (laughs) you better go to school and learn. You gotta learn how to strengthen yourself. There's times when you can't reach your small group leader. You can't reach your pastor. You can't reach your best friend. There are moments of Gethsemane when your friends are asleep and you can't reach anybody, can't text anybody. Ain't nobody up. Nobody's responding to you. And those are the moments, those are the times of trial that you need to learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You need to learn to cry out and get touch the hem of His garment. There's no situation or pit that you might have fallen in that God is not deeper still. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's able to bring you through. He's able to strengthen you. He's able to rebuke the devourer. He's able to turn all things together for good for those that love God. Romans 8, verse 28, and are called according to his purpose. He can do it for you, but you need to learn to strengthen yourself. And, and, your, and your, your emotions and your soul will just want to beat on you. And you can, you can wind yourself up into an emotional despair and a frenzy. You know, some of y'all just need to tell yourself, shut up. <laughs> it's a biblical thing to talk to yourself. The psalmist said, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Wow. Put your hope in God. The, the, the psalmist, who's David, by the way, and not all the psalms are written by David, but, but many are written by David, and David is talking about, oh, they're all around me. Oh, I'm in trouble. God, am I forsaken? Oh, and he goes on and on, and then it's like he says, hey, wait a minute. And he rebukes himself. Some of you need to rebuke yourself. He says, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. In other words, shut up. And cry out to God. And and that's what the psalmist does. This is what David did. He inquired and he, he he strengthened himself with the Lord. The second thing is he inquired of the Lord. You know, I'm convinced... One of the things this couple said while we were at lunch was they talked about Scripture memory, memorization. In the old model of education, memorization was paramount. There's something about, well, the rabbis, they they had to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's called the Pentateuch. They had to memorize the whole thing. Scripture memorization will change you. It does something. His word is a lamp unto a feet of light upon our path. At the entrance of his word, there's light. Says the scriptures. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword. These are all scripture I'm telling you right now. I'm not so good at where the chapter and verse is, but I'm full of the word. Why? Because I just had to train myself for war. God, he trained me for war. He trained my hands for war. You had to learn how to overcome. You had to learn how to put your hand on the, on the hilt of that sword and begin to cut the heads off of opposition and thoughts that want to come to try to discourage you, thoughts of hopelessness and despair. You just say, bah, blah, blah, blah. No, shut up up put your hope in God begin to call out on God I think David 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 knew that you need to memorize scripture teach your kids to memorize the word I love the scripture memory that's taking place in at passport as well as IG elite our children's church and the ongoing children's church ministry is ongoing youth ministry it's very important y'all need to memorize scripture Psalm 119 says I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin again Thee. One of my problems is I've got New King James, NIV, and King James all mixed. i like, praise God. They all work, I've found, though. Praise God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee, King James. Amen. You want to know how to keep yourself from sinning? Hide his word in your heart. You know what happens when you hide his word in your heart? You fall in love with him. When you fall in love with him, you don't want to hurt him. It's easy. It keeps you from sin. Well, praise the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. David called for the priest, the one priest that's left that didn't get murdered because of his lying. And he calls on the name of the Lord. He inquired. He inquired. For every situation that we face, God has a wisdom. For every problem that you have, God has a key to stick in the lock and to unlock it and let you through. There is no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man, and God always, always, always makes a way of escape. He'll always bring away, these brings the streams in the desert. <laughs> he makes a way in the wilderness. That's what he does. He's God and he loves you. He didn't teach you how to swim to let you drown. He didn't bring you to the place where you are to let you just fade off and discouragement, depression, to throw in the towel and, and have it all be done. No, but you have to learn how to strengthen yourself. You got to learn how to inquire. To inquire is ask. It's prayer. It's talking to God. It's talking to God. And God gives a word to David pursue, overtake, recover all. Pursue, overtake, recover all. And it's a word for you. It's a word for me. When I lost my net, y'all remember the story at the beginning of service. So there I am. I throw my net out there. It's out there. And I go to turn it upright. And we have a problem. Houston. It spins. And I pull. And my net falls off in the river. I know that might have sounded like tongues to some of you if you're not a dip netter. I lost my net in the river. The next thing I did is absolutely logical to me. Now, some others might have turned and walked to the shore. I'm just not that type. I'm not the type that goes, well, I guess I lost my net. I should be careful that I don't sink to the bottom of the river with my waders full of water. I, I, I don't, I don't that's, that's not me. I, when there's an accident, I charge, pull people out. It's just kind of how I'm wired. I'm into pursuing, I'm a, I pursue. So I lost my net. Logical thing, it wasn't even a thought process. I'm getting the net back. My net's gone. Let's go get it. So I'm not worried about, you know, before we're all kind of jumping over waves to make sure the water doesn't go over the top of our waders. That concern was over at that point. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody ever wear chest waders? Yeah, you get water over the top of your chest waders, your waders filled with water. So there I am out there and these waves are coming and I'd get on my toes and sometimes I'd jump, you know, to make sure the water wouldn't go over the top. You guys want to see that again? Okay, And so, uh, you know, making sure. So the moment Duke, I realized my net is not on the end, my $180, $160 net, whatever it was, for my birthday three years ago, I'm getting the net. And I'm not worried about water. So immediately I'm charging after the net. I'm pursuing my net. Right. Yeah. Come on. He gets a word from God and God says, pursue. Everybody say, pursue. Pursue. Oh, it's not in your notes, but baby, you better learn how to pursue. you got to learn how to pursue God. you got to learn how to pursue your miracle. you got to learn how to stand and having done all else to stand, continuing to stand. You need to learn how. We all need to learn how to pursue. God says, pursue them. Chase them. Hunt them down. They get to word. God, what do you want me to do? Not why. Why? 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 why he said,
1: the prophet came. He poured oil on my
0: head. You say, why? Why? I'm not going to do that again, all right? It's just one time. Why? He doesn't say why. He says what? He strengthens himself. God, I know you're good. I know you're on the throne. Lord, I know that you, you have all things under control. God, you are great. And he strengthens himself. And then he says, now, now, thou Lord, what do you want me to do? Right. The Lord says, I'm glad you asked. Pursuit. Overtake them. Recover all. That's what he says to him. You've got to have a lifestyle of inquiring. You've got to have a lifestyle of hearing the word, knowing the word. You've got to, you've got to learn how to get a word from God. And he fought... And recover it all. but in he, before he fights and recovers all, he gets a word and he acts on it. There's the, the blank. He does what he acts on the word. Many people get a word and never act on it. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing to me now we didn't read this, but he pursues, and he just heads off in a direction. And look at verse 10. So some are so tired that they're not able to go with them. Verse 10, but David pursued. He and 400 men, 200 stayed behind who were weary. And they could not cross the brook. Verse 11, watch this. Now this is the hand, this is the, what the, the, the New Testament fathers and what the founding fathers of our nation would say, the providence of God. Watch this. Then they found an Egyptian in the field, and they brought him to David. And they gave him bread, to, bread, and he ate it. And they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of, a cake of figs, or raisins. Just saying. Raisins. <laughs> How many of you like raisins? <laughs> okay. <laughs> there it is two clusters of two clusters of raisins i guess that's a biblical food so, <laughs> just cracked myself up praise the lord okay so when he had eaten and strength came back to him this is the egyptian that he no bread or drunk water for three days and three nights the boy the egyptian he's dying he's left for dead And they have mercy on him. They have no idea that this is God's secret agent to bring them information that's going to actually cause them to be able to recover all. They had kindness, hesed, kindness towards the Egyptian who was left by the Amalekites unbeknownst to them. The man's dying. All they did is reach to him and help him, have mercy on him. They didn't want anything from the dude's dying. They, they minister to him. They give him raisins. Come on, somebody say raisins. Raisins. They gave him water. They fed him bread. And his strength returned. And we hear the story. David said, verse 13, to whom do you belong, where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite. And I guarantee you, David's like, huh? Whoa, Amalekite. And my master left me behind because I was three days ago I fell sick. Nice master. You're sick? You're out of here. We made an invasion, verse fourteen, we made an invasion of the southern area. And we find out that he's he's a very he was there. When they look at the final verse there, verse 14, the last part. We burned Ziklag with fire. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? To their surprise, what they were there. Have you seen my wife? Have you seen my kids? Wait, wait, wait. You were there. Whoa, whoa, uh, what happened? Where are they? Who did it? I mean, they, I mean, it's amazing. It's this amazing answer to prayer, because they were kind, because they were gentle, because they had merc- They had mercy on the dying Egyptian with raisins and bread. And water. And they brought him back from the dead. Three days, no food. You know, it's not good. Verse 15, and David said, Can you take me to to this troop? So he said, Swear to me, you know, you're not going to kill me. Don't turn me back over to that jerk. And he says, Yeah, I'm going to take you. I'll take you. I know right where they're going. They're going to that same old place they always go, those fools. I'll show you right where they're at. So David, they had nowhere, they did not know where they were going. And because he had mercy and kindness, he inquired. God said, pursue, overtake, recover all. He gets a word from God. He acts on it, and God does a miracle. When you begin to act on the word, listen now. You begin to act on what God said to you. You will see breakthrough. It's not, it's not are you going to? It's, it's when you're going to. You, sometimes it happens right away. Other times it doesn't happen for, for decades. But you've got to trust God, trust his leadership, trust that he's going to bring you into the place that he said that he would. Amen. Can you save it? Amen. And David fought. Now, if we follow this text and read on, verse seventeen, it says, "Then David attacked them from twilight until evening the next day." From what? This is well. This would be twilight if we weren't in Alaska, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of some long days. But you all know what twilight is. Yeah. It's like when the sun goes down, it's set, and then it's Kind of dusk, twilight. So he fights from then all the way through the next day into the evening, till the evening of the next day. That's a long battle. Some of you've been fighting fifteen minutes, and you're like, "That like as God's not coming through for me." (laughs) It could happen a little bit longer than fifteen minutes if you're fighting, you're resisting. David fought and recovered all. And what's fascinating to me is that David David returns having gotten all, and he gets everything back. I mean, he gets everything back, and he gets basically all the booty. He gets, he gets everything from them. And as he returns to the tired people, those of his own troop, Leaders and elders. He, he, he blesses people everywhere. He sends blessings everywhere. you got to learn how to be a giver. We're talking about how to overcome loss and difficulty. And, and you've got to strengthen yourself in the Lord, number one. Number two, you've got to inquire of the Lord. And when you inquire, God will give you a word. And then you need to act on the word. Can you say amen? And you need to pursue. Can you say yes? yes. David fought. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. I've known people that say, oh, the Christian life is so hard. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I know what hard is. This is not that. Come on, smile at me. This is not hard. Hard, my Bible says, hard is the way of the transgressor. Oh, we have difficulties. But listen, your pain, your difficulty that you're in right now, it's actually in your life and can be if you get your attitude in your heart right designed to propel you into your future propel you into greater things in God propel you into a deeper walk with Jesus move you forward into victory but you're just going to need to pursue and you, and you need to pursue God you need to pursue truth you need to pursue holiness I mean that's a whole there's a whole series really could be and overtake you need to fight You need to stand on the word. You need to declare the word. David recovers all and then he blesses others. Well, God has a word for us tonight. And it is pursue, overtake, and recover all. Pursue, learn to do it. Learn to do that in your life. Just as David, God worked in David's situation, so he will work with us. In your health. In your health. In your finances, perhaps in your relationships, Pastor Alex, would you come, please? And I I just believe that that's what God's saying to us. What God said to David, He's saying to us tonight. Very simple message: Pursue, overtake, recover all, recover everything. Come on, say it. Say, "I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue." overtake and recover all stand up on your feet anybody going through loss tonight come on just pray right now come on make this a house of prayer talk to God talk to God come on talk to him talk to him right out loud God I trust you When some of you are in a test where you just need to learn to yield and trust his leadership. Some people fight against God. Just fight against him. Don't fight against God. That's no good. You'd be like a Jonah. Don't be like a Jonah. Jonah, row your boat ashore. Some of you are in a storm, you know. Jonah, I mean, it would be pretty upsetting to be swallowed by a fish. We call it a whale, it doesn't say whale, it says fish. To be swallowed by a fish. Some of you feel like you've been swallowed by a fish, you can bind the devil as much as you want. That And we have authority over him. But how many of you know it's impossible to bind God? You just simply can't bind the Almighty. You can't take authority over the Almighty. You wonder maybe why, you're, why you're, your, your warfare isn't working. It could be actually that you're in a situation that God's allowed you to be in so that you can move forward. Like I talked about the Apostle Paul with all those souls that are straight going to hell. If it wasn't for him that said, the angel of the Lord stood by me, God whom I serve and whom I know, the, the one whom I belong to, the one whom I serve spoke to me and said, Everybody's going to be okay except for the boat. Some of you are in a situation where you might be placed there to be the, the, the mouthpiece of the Lord to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, even though it might not be so pretty. It might be challenging. Then again, some of you are in a storm because you have Jonah on your boat. You need to kick Jonah off your boat. Get him off your boat. Some of you are codependent and enabling people to be in their nonsense. I've talked about that before. They've come on, we need to have mercy like they did on the Egyptian. But then there's a time when somebody does... Listen. My, my mama used to said, chop wood and carry water. Son, just son, look, at me, look at me. Chop wood, carry water. Uh, and I was like, what's that? I mean, it's like, do what you're supposed to do. There are many people that endorse lifestyle and help people that are not obeying, not yielding. Now, there's a, there's a time when we need to help. I mean, if you know, the Egyptian couldn't help himself. How many of you know he's dying? There's people that are dying. People like, like in, in the book of John, all around the, 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 all around the pool waiting for the stirring of the water. And they need help into the pool. There's people that are like the Egyptian. They're dying. But I'm going to tell you something. After the Egyptian got some raisins, just saying, and got some water and some bread and he was revived it's time now to live for god it's time now to fall in line hey david you're my new king i'm done with the old taskmaster. i'm with you and then you begin then i think you just had a new life how many of you know if the egyptians said no i just want no i just want to stay here in my pile and just you keep feeding me you just keep feeding no guess what Get up. <laughs> time to serve God and get your own raisins, Jack. Time to, time to start baking your own bread. Time to, time to start doing the right thing so that you can have the blessings of God. I'm preaching to somebody. Some of you are in a storm because of your own actions. Other of you are in a storm just because of, there's a bad devil out there. And others of us, you know, you might be in a storm just because um, you live in the world. But Take courage. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. There's difficulty simply because you're on a planet and it's fallen. And all of creation groans. All of creation's groaning. We're in the birth pains. So you're going to go, you know, when a tree falls, you know, it can hurt you. Right? Come on, just just lift lift your voice and just talk to the Lord right now. God, we love you. Oh, we bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Receive the strength of the Lord. Come on, just call on Him a moment longer, and our service will be over tonight. Come on, just receive the strengthening of His Spirit in your inner man right now. Need you. Lord. Going through something, just raise your hand right where you're at. Well, raise your hand high. Alright. Be a loving body of believers. Just turn to see the person's hand next around you that might have a hand raised. Alright, and then go put a hand on their shoulder. Come on, and just begin to pray for them. One little body ministry. It's alright. Come on. Right here, Lori. Pray for pray for calling. on. You need God's help. Come on right here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, release your strength right now. Help these in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the pain. You know, one of the things that's being impressed upon my heart right now is david could have got bitter and in bitterness you'll never see in a you'll never see somebody that's broken on the side you'll never see don't get bitter get better just trust god help people be kind be loving be patient come on kindness goodness patience gentleness self-control against such things there's no law Come on, be filled with the love of God. Love the Lord. Reach to people that are that are people that are so hurting and so broken. You walk by them every day in cars and Walmart. Come on, just go to Walmart about 11:30 at night. You want to minister? Just go over there about midnight, right around. Just go to Walmart. You'll see all kinds of hair. Listen to me. You'll see all kinds of heroin addicts, drug addicts. You say, I go to Walmart at 12 o'clock. Well, I'm not talking about you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go, you see broken, broken people right in that 11 o'clock hour there in Walmart you can just go and minister to them, they're hurting a lot of people that are hurting, they're broken they need Christ how will they know unless, unless they're sent unless someone's sent, how will they know unless we share, we preach, when's the last time, rhetorical question means you don't need to answer it, when's the last time you led somebody to Christ listen, we have resources at that table out there that'll help you, this little script you can use that When's the last time you shared your testimony reached to somebody who was hurting and broken? Come on, don't don't get trapped inside the four walls of the church. There's a community that really, really needs us to reach to them. There's a bunch of Egyptians, you could say it that way, that are weak and hurting, sick and broken, and they need us to bring them raisins. Amen. They need us to bring them sustenance from the Word of God and the truth of the Word. Love on them, help them. And it might be, could be, very possibly, that in doing that, You'll release your own miracle and your own your own blessing and breakthrough. will come. Can you say amen? Did you get something from God tonight? Come on, say it. Say pursue. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Try it again. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. You want to be reconciled to Him. You want a new life that God has for you. Every ear attentive to what I'm saying now, please. You want to give your life to Christ because you don't know for sure that if you would die, God forbid, right now you would die, and this would be your last service that you'd ever be in. Do you know for sure whether heaven would be your home? And if you can't say yes, then you need to be made right, right now. Jesus died on a crossroads again from the grave for you. And whether you received him for the first time when you were a little girl or a little boy in a camp, and you've drifted away or you've never received him or maybe the enemy lies to you and you're just not sure you're saved and you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him or you just want to be sure. If that's you all across this place, I want you to pray with me right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me on a cruel cross in fulfillment of the scriptures. Thank you that he rose again on the third day and he took away the keys of hell and death. Thank you that it says in your word all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I call on you now. Jesus, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Praise God. We pray for you, Holy Spirit. I'm praying your touch right now. Your strength, your encouragement, hunger for the word, hunger for the things of God, hunger for the gifts of the Spirit for fellowship. Hunger for you, most of all, to be like you, to know you. Touch. Heal the brokenhearted who are battle weary there's a number of people that are battle weary you're just weary do not be weary in well doing but in due time says the word in due time you will receive a harvest oh God release comfort for those who have gone through loss children perhaps that have died parents that have passed on Release the comfort and strength that comes from heaven right now. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Comfort those who are in the midst of difficult situations. Release faith. Release courage. Release strength. Release comfort right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take someone by the hand as we close tonight? Thank you for turning out Wednesday night. I have no doubt it'll be a powerful service. Our Wednesday night services have been packed. There's been times that our Wednesday night has actually been larger than, than, than one of our morning services. Not both, but, but packed. Youth, children, it's just going on, going off. Exciting around here. Invite somebody. Come on, reach to an Egyptian. <laughs> Hell, reach to someone. Amen. Invite them. And you say, I'm gonna invite somebody. I know you're holding on to someone's hand. Let go of that hand before it starts sweating. How many of you? you gonna invite somebody to church. You say, I'll try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna invite somebody. Come on, you gonna invite somebody. All right, good. Wonderful. You do it. Wednesday night. Wonderful. You don't have a church home. We'd love to be that for you. Praise God. Take someone by the hand. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance unto them. Be gracious towards us. Keep us give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing. Amen. One more thing. Uh, at the information desk, there's a sign up for our uh, membership class. If you're interested in hearing about the vision of the church, hearing about um, our, our theology, where we're from, where we're going, the vision, then you sign up, come to that class. It's Friday night. They'll give you more information there. Also wonderful to have Principal Duncan with us, his lovely wife. They'll be standing out there at the table representing I'm gonna get it. Wasilla Lake. Christian school. You take one of these pamphlets and you say, Well, I don't have any, I don't have any students. I don't have any kids. Okay, great. Would you pray for them? You take one of these, put it on your fridge every day, walk by. Bless them, God. Just just you go in the fridge a lot like I do. Amen. You know, open the fridges look at the Lord bless them. You just lay hands right on that thing. Lord bless it. Put a little magnet. How many got a magnet on your fridge? Don't be lying, liars, go to hell. How many got a magnet on your fridge? Yeah. All right, you take this thing, put it on there and you pray for the Wasilla Lake Christians. Go. I'm gonna believe for revival in that school. This year is gonna be the greatest year they've ever had. Can somebody say amen? Will you believe? Will you believe with me? Will you believe with me? Amen. And that God would just overtake our valley. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night, praise the Lord.